0: It's the idea of manhood. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 38, five mics, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's episode 38. Woo, I have a lot to talk about. Woo, I have a lot of thoughts in my brain that are not really linear, and I have to share it. Um, it, it, Before we jump in, uh, the title of this episode, the title... Of this here episode is called Other People's Mapa. <laughs> Other people's MF and Kids. Okay. Other people's MF and Kids. When it comes down to it, I I I I've thought about this for a while. i am probably gonna offend at least 12 people. Uh, other people's MF and kids, I hate them. I, I hate. I just don't like other people's kids. This is when it comes down to it. And I'm sure that if anybody else had a, had a podcast, they probably wouldn't like my kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, but on this platform, we're gonna talk about other people's MF and kids. And you know, while my voice might sound jolly and happy and clear and free, please know that internally, um, I've been wanting to talk about this. I need to vent about this. I need to get it out. need to get it out put it on the table leave it there cook it up chop it up and eat it and spit it out okay um man do i want to go right in or do i want to just let let me give you let me give you some context so you know uh uh what, what do i say um i don't like other people's kids and I think what it boils down to is I don't like other people. I don't like how other people... I don't like people. I mean, I don't know. Is that is it that simple? I don't like other people... I don't like how other people's kids impact my kids. Um. And, you know, as I continue, as we continue to raise our children, uh, it becomes so evident and so crystal clear that you know the impact and the power of parenthood you know and and it it's an understated thing that shouldn't be understated you know as I talk you know one of the one of the qualifiers in my name in five mics is an educator so I work with students a lot and I work within the education system and I see How a lot of the conversations around education, um, how they unfold and so much attention and so much power is given to educational institutions that a lot of times the the entire conversation around parenting and how parenting directly impacts education is 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 they just don't exist. They don't happen education systems are still having a difficult time in qualifying and quantifying the impact of parenthood on what happens in the classroom, what happens on the street, what happens, uh, on the train, what happens on the sports field, what happens at sleepovers and at cookouts and, and whatever it may be. And, you know, a lot of times when our kids are around other kids, it's really hard in this day and age, you know, not to speak out against some of the things that other kids do in relation to your kids. You know, I feel like in the, you know, in prior generations, there were more opportunities to, you know, it was a little bit less taboo to 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 smack the hell out of somebody else's kid. You know what I'm saying? You see somebody else's kid acting up in the street. You know, we all hear stories about, oh man, back in my day, if if another parent saw me doing this, they would smack the hell out of me. And they would, you know, pull me to the side and and and, and then beat me and then go tell my parents and they would beat me too. Well, in this day and age, with all these parents that that think their kids are angels and and put their kids on these ridiculous pedestals, um, it's harder to do that because, you know, even within the school system, if you tell a parent that their child did something wrong or their child isn't responding to certain things or if their child's behavior is inappropriate for whatever environment, these new age parents nowadays are going to question That person, they're gonna be like, Well, are you sure? You know, little JJ doesn't do this at home, so uh, you know, I need to talk about it with him and see what's up, you know. As uh, mm. so, let me tell you a story so you can see, like, this conversation has been brewing in my brain for a really long time. You know, I told you, as I've been telling you all along, I have a 10 year old and a three year old, 10 year old boy and a three-year-old girl and you know my wife and i are very particular in how we raise them you know we're very particular in in the lessons that we talk to them about what we expose them to uh we're very particular in making sure that they are responsible making sure that they respect and listen to authority we are very particular in um you know, allowing them to be kids. You know, I don't want my kids at this point, the way that the way that the radio is, the way that TV is, I don't like my kids being exposed to the radio. I don't want my kids knowing the words to every song on the radio. I don't want my kids, you know, being able to recite the words to Trap Queen and watch an empire. I don't want my kids being exposed to adult things when they're children. I just don't. We just don't. And, um, you know, I don't want my kids being exposed to cursing. I don't want to curse around my kids. Sometimes I want to curse at them. Sometimes, you know, I want to be like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we have to temper ourselves as parents to to make sure that our kids remain kids at the same time that they grow and mature in age-appropriate ways. So the story that made me, uh, this is a true story, the story that made me want to approach this topic on the podcast is that two weeks ago, uh, family uh, and I, we were out at a cookout. We were at a cookout at a family member's house and um you know the the typical typical cookout experience you know everybody's in the backyard everybody's having a good time kids running around there's music playing you know the adults are on the grill and the kids are playing as kids should you know and i'm not i'm not naive to believe that you know children aren't gonna be children that children oftentimes don't know the boundaries of, of their personal space. A lot of times children don't understand pain. A lot of times children don't understand how their actions can have, you know multiple uh, uh, multiple um, consequences. They don't understand that. Um, and that understanding grows as they grow, as their brain grows and as they experience different things, you know, their response to the world, matures as their brain is able to process different kinds of stimulus right so at a at a a, um at a cookout a few weeks ago um you know the family and i are out cousins everybody's around and i turned my back for a second i think my wife might have been in the house talking and, and you know just being doing cookout stuff at the time, I'm in the I'm in the backyard, and my daughter's running around. And y'all have heard me talk about my daughter. My daughter is different. My daughter is like, you know, she's she in terms of maturity. A lot of times I say some people think I'm joking, but my daughter, in terms of how she processes information, and how she connects and relates to people at age three, is in some areas more mature than my son, who is 10. You know, and that's just you know that's just how she was wired. They're wired very differently, uh, and so we're at this cookout, and there's another little boy there that's about two years old, I would assume, and um, talking to another parent, and I, uh, I am shocked to hear my daughter crying, screaming, ah, ah, you know what I'm saying, Sc- screaming, crying, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? So. I'm also one of those parents that, like, I want my kids to play. Like, I want my kids to... to. Exp- I know that just the way that life works and kids work, kids are going to play, kids are going to get hurt. You know, I think I told my wife, you know, when we noticed that our son was, like, all about physical activity and about jumping off of stuff and, you know, he's so physical and so uh, athletically gifted... I told my wife at a very, very early stage in his life that, yo, you got to be prepared. This boy, we're going to be in and out of the hospital with him. You know, he's going to be the one that's going to get, you know, break his ankle on the, on the, on the field somewhere. He's going to, you know, we're going to be spending some time at the hospital. I could just see it. Um, and so I, I'm not immature and naive enough to think that our kids aren't going to get hurt at the hand of other kids or at the hands of, the, of themselves, so we're at this cookout and my daughter starts screaming. I look over and there's some other kids that are like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, what's it? Whatever this little boy's name is, bit your daughter on the face. Just, uh, just digest that for a second. Another kid bit my daughter. Another child. Another boy bit my daughter on the face. So all those those sense and sensibilities jump out the window. I'm ready to... I'm either ready to fight. I'm ready to, you know, just start ripping shit apart. I'm ready to set the house on fire because my baby girl got bit in the face at the hands of another boy. And so anybody that knows me and knows kind of the messages that I share on the show is that, you know, I made it a point that early on, you know, when we found out we were having a daughter and even before when people like, oh, you know, you treat your son like this. If you have a girl, it's going to be different. And I'm like, man, nothing going to be different, man. I'm going to raise my daughter the same way I raised my son. I'm going to raise my daughter to be confident. I'm going to raise her. I'm not going to baby her. I'm not going to be Overprotective, like a dad, you know, people be like, Oh, when you got a daughter, you got to have your guns ready because when the boys start coming up, you're going to. And I would always fight against those notions because I'm like, Yo, if I want my daughter and my son to be looked at as the same and my daughter to have the same opportunities. And if I want my daughter to be just as empowered in this society from gender roles, speaking as my son, then I know that there's a certain way that I must interact with her. And I'm going to interact with her in the same way because, you know, she falls. I'm not going to be like, oh, oh, baby, let me, baby, let me put a bandaid. I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be like my son. Suck it up. If there's no blood and there's no broken bones, throw some dirt on it spit it on your hand, wipe it off, and keep it moving. And I've always approached my son in that way. And for the most part, I approach my daughter that way. Oh, you're not hurt? Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? You okay? You look in the eye, you crying? All right, you'll be all right. Got out of here. You know what I'm saying? That's how I approach it, and I'm all, I've am i always been that way. I've always been, like, I don't like treating girls differently in really anything, you know, as an adult, as a, as a kid. I just always felt that, yo, if you want, if we are to assume that girls are supposed to have equal rights as boys and girls are supposed to have equal opportunities and equal exposure to different things, then we can't baby our girls. We can't, you know, we, we, we can't, we got to put them in situations where they got to be tough too. I want my daughter climbing trees and jumping off and hurting her toes and banging her knees up and having scrapes. I don't want the little dainty dress wearing, you know, bow in the hair. I don't want that. Um, you know, I understand the differentiation between, you know, girls and boys, and you know, girls are might not be as strong physically as boys in certain areas, but I'm not gonna encourage that in my family and in our household in our household. So when you can you can imagine when I saw turned around and uh and saw that my daughter had been bitten on the face and that there were still teeth marks of the little monkey boy uh no race issues uh you know the teeth marks of the boy on my daughter's face how like all worlds collided you know what i'm saying in my brain like everything that you could imagine um that would take place in a father's mind when you see your daughter in pain all that other bs about not protecting my daughter and wanting her to be tough and dah, 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 all that went out the window and seeing her in that much pain pain like not just i fell off my bike pain but like injury pain all that went out the window and i started to second get like in that moment in those three seconds when i turned around i was like my baby like you know what i'm saying like that was like the my first reaction was like oh my god like and you know At that moment, so there are a lot of different thought processes happening. Right? So at that moment, I'm questioning like, oh, my baby girl is hurt. My baby girl, my poor baby girl. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, I'm not talking about a little, a little bite like, you know, I'm not talking about, oh, somebody bit your finger or somebody bit your arm or, you know what I'm saying? This little rabid beast bit my daughter. On the face, on her face. It's been almost two weeks and there are still teeth marked bruises on my daughter's face in the perfect circle and indentation of this little boy's mouth on my daughter's face to this moment in time There we have to put cocoa butter, vitamin E, Neosporin, you know, had to consider getting tetanus shots and antibiotics because we weren't sure if the bites on her face were going to get infected because this little boy bit her on the face. So, you know all of these things are happening you know all the other kids around her are upset and in that moment everybody's explaining to me explaining to me what happened you know the little boy you know your daughter was sitting in her chair this is her chair that she brought out to the cookout And she was sharing it with this little boy. The little boy was sitting in it. My daughter was fine, playing around. The little boy went away. My daughter took a little seat in the chair. I guess the little boy didn't like that. The little boy never learned to share. So he came up to her. uh, And what the other kids say, he was, you know, making the motions and moving towards her like he was going to give her a kiss or a hug. And my daughter, being the social butterfly she is, you know, you know, allowed that to happen. And this little, uh, this little Pokemon head boy uh, bit her on the face and she's crying and she's bawling and it's red and it looks like it might start bleeding as to that's just to let you know how hard she was bitten. And, you know, I'm going, I'm looking at who, whose kid is this? Whose son is this? That's my first my first inter, my first response was whose kid is this. So I literally had the kid picked up by his collar like whose kid is this? Whose child is this? Some random person, some random man boy walks up to me in that moment and is comforting the little boy. Right? While I'm holding my daughter and I'm like whose kid is this? some person that's not his parent comes up and is like oh no son no no man they, they were just playing you know it's gonna be okay comforting the little boy they were just playing so i look at him and i'm like so now i'm trying to temper myself because the kids there's other kids around you know and i like i said i don't like cursing in front of kids so I'm like censoring myself like a rap record. I'm like, no, son, they weren't my playing. It's not just a little bite. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit is real, and you know this is not just a little bite. Don't do it. Don't. Don't even try to. Uh, don't even try to de-escalate this at this moment in time. Uh, who's the parents? Where's the parents? So. Spend about five minutes trying to find the parents. So I let them go about their business. I go in the house to get some ice and put on my daughter's face. I'm comforting her. She's scared. Like, she's really scared. She doesn't want this little boy to be around her. And I start thinking about, you know, I start thinking about, you know, some of the conversations I've had with my female friends and some of the situations that I've seen them in. And And, you know, just things we hear about. Uh, about uh, about domestic violence and just even though these kids, my daughter's three and this kid is two, I am I'm, I'm seeing some some actions and behaviors. That were very reflective of how I see adults handle situations when women get hurt at the hands of men. I saw initially the first response was trying to deescalate. It. Oh, it's okay. Oh, and then they're trying to explain it away. No, they was just f- playing. They, you know, they're just having a good time. No, ma, uh, no MF is what I what I said at the time. No MF. They not ma effing playing. You know what I'm saying? It's not a joke. Like, this is not, they're not having, so. I'm confident my daughter's going to be okay, baby. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It hurts a little bit, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We go and we get some Neosporin. We rub it on it. Eventually, the mother comes up. Or who I assume to be the mother because to this point in time I still don't know who these kids parents are I still don't know how they're related to us I still don't know if they're family or what family I don't know anything about these people that we're sharing the space with the mother comes up I'm holding the daughter and the mother comes up doesn't say anything to me he she goes to my daughter who's in my hands asking you okay you want baby i don't know what the kid's name is you want baby to give you a hug you want so i'm like no no we're not gonna do the hugs we're okay on that we don't need any hug we don't need hugs the mother of this child asks my daughter while she's in my arms do you want me to beat him just sit with that drink your cup of tea You know, if you're in the car, grab onto your wheel real tight and reflect on that statement. This mother of the Pokemon head ass boy asked my son, I mean, asked my daughter, do you want me to beat him? My daughter's like, what? So I'm like, so now I turn my back on her because I don't want her talking to my daughter because I don't want this to be. And she's like, give her, give her, give her a hug, Pokemon ass head. Give her a hug, kid talking to her son to my daughter and I'm like no we're not exchanging hugs you know what I'm saying my daughter is afraid afraid of your son so relax on all that and keep it moving so at that moment I don't know what the daughter uh what the what the girl did what the mother did with her son but I just from context clues it seems like the father of the boy was out in the field with us at the time on the grill and you know, I heard her go over to him like, "You didn't see this happen? You just gonna let him, you out here?" And the father, so nonchalantly, was like, "I don't know. I mean, whatever. I didn't see what's happening. I had my back turned." Blah, blah. So I'm thinking like, "Oh shit! Okay, so now I'm gonna have to kill somebody." So now, not only are they not gonna acknowledge or apologize to me uh, about what their son did, you know, to my daughter. Now he's gonna brush it off like he didn't know. He don't care. He didn't even turned as a man. He didn't even come to me and say, yo, dog, I'm sorry, you know, my son, but I say blah. You know, because at no point in this time, you know, okay, I'm I'm, I'm lying, I'm lying. At one point in time, I didn't want to kick the kid across the field. I didn't want to punt him across the field like a field goal. I did want to stomp him out like boys in the hood. There was a brief moment in me that I wanted to fling him by the arms onto the grill. But, you know, I understood in that moment I processed, okay, this is a child, you know. They didn't, you know. It's a child. They don't, they don't know. He doesn't know. He only does what he's allowed to do. This is hey This is not the first time that this kid has bit somebody. That's when I talk about other people's M N F and kids. This is not the first time Pokemon head ass boy bit somebody because you could just tell, like he was so comfortable in doing and so smooth how he came up and, and disarmed my daughter and, and went in for a hug and bit her on the face. This is not the first time he did it. And I didn't see to my viewing. I didn't hear the parents disciplining this boy. I didn't hear any I didn't hear No, you don't bite. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. But in that moment it's like, I didn't care because I was trying to console my daughter, but, so, 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 so whew, this is me venting. This is me venting. If I say anything to offend the little boy, I don't care. Or his parents, I don't care about them either. Okay. Cause they're not really relatives in the first place, but, um, it, it, it just, it, it, just, it made a connection for me that even though I want my daughter to be have as much freedoms and have and be as empowered in this world. And, uh, as my son is as a father with a daughter, I just have to be, you know, I have to take on that role of being a little bit more protective. Now I'm not, you know, understanding that things happen regardless. I could have had her in my arms. And if the boy came in for a hug, I might not have pulled back because of whatever. But as a father, you know, I guess I just had to be a little bit more protective of my daughter. That, that whole fatherhood daughter relationship like was, was, uh, you know, it was changed in that moment. Like, you know, and it, it made me realize that, okay, this is how I have to be when it comes to boys. This is why, you know, um, you know, fathers be acting crazy, when these boys are around. You know, at three years old, i can be like, no, son, uh-uh, ain't no holding hands. I don't care if y'all two or three and you're skipping to uh merry-go-round or you know here we go loopy loo or the bump the tree on the frog go the frog on the bump goes la la i don't care what y'all doing i don't care if it's a birthday song i don't care if y'all are watching uh barney together we're not gonna be holding hands okay we're not gonna do that ain't gonna be no more hugs okay from little boys because i don't trust y'all you know what i'm saying it made me think about me and my relationships with girls in the past and how Hard it must have been for fathers and girls that I was dating and coming into the scene, this strange man coming into the scene saying like, yo, I'm dating your daughter now. You know what I'm saying? I'm with your daughter now. I'm a grown man. You know what I'm saying? And how those dads might have been looking at me cross-eyed, you know, because now I'm looking at all boys cross-eyed. My daughter's three and I got to be thinking about this forever in a way that I might not have to think about that. With my son Uh, So leading on to Another you know just a greater Conversation about parents And their children so apparently You know this like I said This was not the first time this boy bit somebody In the face I know that for a fact Or bit someone I could just tell And As parents we just gotta be a little Bit more um Just a little bit more Cautious we gotta be a little bit More um mindful about what we expose our kids to now when it comes to my son my son is 10 years old and he's a true 10 year old when you think about 10 year olds you probably especially a 10 year old boy you probably think of a little awkward you know you probably think of you know a little naive you probably think of a little immature little boy that doesn't understand that he needs to brush his teeth every day that doesn't understand why that matters it doesn't care how his clothes look it doesn't care you know that he has on two different pairs of socks so he has crust in his mouth like he just doesn't care he just doesn't he's so immature he's so pure and just he's so you know i know when he's out with his friends he doesn't act the same way but i know that my son isn't gonna be out there singing she's a trap queen and i'll never let it go and i know he's not gonna be out there you know um You know, talking about what happened on the BT Awards last night. I know he's not gonna be out there. You know, talking about oh, I don't like white people because da 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 da. Because we haven't exposed him to that. We haven't allowed him to have those adult conversations. Because at some level, these kids are kids, and you're only kid. You're only a kid for like 12 years of your life. You're only a kid for 12 years. You have 80 years after that to be an adult. You have at least 50 to 60 years of being an adult and making adult decisions and doing adult things and listening to adult things. And I have a problem because a lot of my son's friends' parents allow them to do adult shit. And it just boggles my mind that, you know, I'll be taking my son. And his friends to practice baseball, soccer practice, or whatever, or taking them to the movies, and I have on the radio low or whatever, or you know, not even thinking about it, and the radio's on, and these kids know every single word to uh, "To Drunk" by Chris Brown. They know every single word to "Truffle Butter" by Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. They know every single word. Bitch, better have my money. Hey. Y'all gonna me well enough. Be better have my, you know. And they're censoring themselves because their parents allow them to do and listen to whatever the hell they want. They're not paying attention. Or they don't think it's important. Whatever it is like and we have to grow up in the world as parents that we know our kids are going to be exposed to things outside of the house that we don't expose them to and that's just reality that's the world you know my parents my mom was so strict and i still knew the words to slick the adventures of slick rick album when i probably shouldn't have i knew all the words to to Lottie dotty uh and knew all the words to, 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 uh, I can't even think of a good, to Big Daddy Kane. That was an album that I had that my mom probably didn't even know I had, I knew all the words to Smooth Operator. I knew all the words to Mama Said Knock You Out and to, to, to NWA and to, you know, when I got older to Biggie and so on and so forth. And that's probably things I should not have been exposed to. But when it came to what I listened to with, my mom, and with my parents and in my household, that wasn't happening. I wasn't able to watch Dynasty when I was growing up. I wasn't able to watch Knots Landing and uh, and all my children and and watch a uh, 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 Phil Donahue show or People's core because those are things for adults. As adults, we have to protect our kids and allow them to be kids and have appropriate conversations with them in a time that makes sense where their immature brains can comprehend it so now everybody's talking about police brutality everybody's talking about black lives matter and about you know the relationships between white people and black people in the united states and there's all these articles and people are putting messages on their social media platforms about you know little johnny in the white house is learning about birds and the bees and little Malik in the black house has to learn about police brutality and racism. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And if he does, it doesn't have to be in the context of yo, police might kill you one day. You know what I'm saying? Police might, you know, police might shoot you in the face for doing nothing. How does a 10 year old process that? You know what I'm saying? There's appropriate ways that parents can talk about the realities of the world that we live in in a way that is not uh, uh, that is not too explicit. You know what I'm saying? So some people got on me because you know my Facebook page. I put like I'm not I'm not drowning my kid in all this rhetoric around about Black Lives Matter right now. I'm just not because. You know how my kid knows that black lives matter because he's in a house full of black people and he's in families full of black people that love him and that treat him with respect and that they demand respect from him. So by example, he will know that black lives matter. And when he turns 12 and 13, a little bit more will piece me a little bit more information. He, un- he understands the history of race relations in this country because we talk about it like hey you know what in the united states you know black and brown people haven't always been respected the way they should be why daddy i don't know because racism because some people are really crazy because some people have imbalances that make them not like things that they are afraid of And so, you know, that's an appropriate conversation for saying like, yo, if you get pulled over by the police, you got to put both hands on the wheel or you might get shot in the nose. Like, first of all, you're not driving for another six, six years or so. Second of all, you don't have to worry about that because your mom and dad are here to protect you. And the the same thing that can happen to you if you do know this history or if you don't know this history the same thing can happen so i'm not going to expose you to that level of of fear i'm not going to instill that fear into you at the age of nine and ten which then causes these notions of inferiority when it comes to other people i'm not going to instill that in you right now but that's our parenting style and the lesson that I've had to learn is that our parenting style doesn't necessarily uh doesn't let necessarily um equate it doesn't necessarily uh, I can't think of the word but it doesn't necessarily connect with the way that other people parent their children and that's hard you know that's a very very difficult series of uh shit I I lost my word that's just a very difficult thing to manage how do you manage the way that you want to raise your kids juxtaposed to the way that other people raise their kids do you just say well you know what you can't hang out with this kid my son has some friends that if it were up to me I wouldn't have them hanging out with him a lot of times because I don't like their parents. Their parents have shitty attitudes and their parents are always yelling and screaming and crying about something. And so then what happens? Their kids take on that same mentality and the kids have horrible attitudes. So to me, right now, the number one thing that's important to me in the way that we raise our children is the attitudes that they bring to different situations It's not necessarily how they perform in those situations so you know our kid makes excellent grades all A's and B's on a roll but he's in fourth grade and I expect all kids kindergarten through fourth and fifth and fourth and fifth grade to make all A's and B's that's not that big of an accomplishment to me I make it a big accomplishment to him because that's good. Keep doing what you do, but my biggest, uh, my biggest thing with him, and what will be with our daughter, is that it's not necessarily how you perform in school. It's your attitude towards learning because if your attitude is positive and if you're going into the education system being inquisitive and asking questions eventually the grades will come that's just human nature that's just how it works if you approach school if you approach taekwondo if you approach soccer and sports and life with a positive attitude positive results will eventually come if you go into these situations being disrespectful if you go into the situations talking out the side of your neck because that's how your parents taught you to talk or because you're listening and watching what they do then i don't like you kid there are kids that i you know my wife and i at night talking about like, i don't like that kid Oh, they're a good kid. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're not burning cats or anything like that. They're not setting houses on fire. But the way that they respond to a coach telling them what to do or the way that they respond when, you know, they strike out and they're crying and throwing a bat all over the place, I don't like that because I know where that's gonna go. I know how that kind of behavior escalates and turns into something else. That's what we have to watch, and that's why I hate other people's kids. You got parents out here teaching these kids how to, like, how to be adults, and so kids can't process that. So they're fake being adults. They're having fake conversations about. At one of my son's sleepovers, him and some of his boys were having a conversation about, uh, about black. They, they were saying like black people be like this. White people be like this. These are nine and ten year olds. These are things that we don't we don't talk about things like that in our family. So they were talking like, oh, white people, uh again, this is nine and ten-year-olds. White people um, you know, talk like this and walk like this, and black people will be like, yo, yo, man, what's up? And they're like laughing, ha. So I put a squash to that immediately. I was like, yo, 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 yo. Y'all have fun. I'm glad y'all having a good time. I'm glad you're laughing and all that. But we don't do black and white jokes in this house. And it's not about it's not about us not wanting to discuss issues about race. It's about the things that they were saying about black people, which they all were. These are all little black boys. They were coming from a place of inferiority. So unbeknowingly, these parents are teaching their kids to be inferior, off the jump, because they're sharing jokes with them. They're sharing memes with them. They allow their kids to have Facebook pages when they're 8 years old and to have phones and access to Instagram and Snapchat when they're 8, 9, and 10 years old. So they get to see these adult conversations. I hate it. I hate it. Um, and you know as much as we try to protect the kids some things we just can't protect them from and if you're being a parent, if you're a parent, if you're a young parent, if you're thinking about parenthood in the future just recognize that as much as you have to parent your kids that you have to also protect your kids from the parenting of other kids That shit is hard. That's hard. Protecting your kids from how other parents parent their children and other messages that parents send their kids. That, to me, is the hardest part of parenting. And the same way that I wanted to dropkick that little Pokemon head-ass boy from biting my daughter in the mouth, symbolically, those all the things and those which that's what you're going to have to deal with as parents i would assume all throughout your kid's life you know and i remember my mom being so critical of my kid of my friends when i was a teenager you know my friends would come over and she was like "Mm, i don't like this kid's eyes he looks like he's been smoking i'm like mom really like he's 15 i don't even i don't know he looks drunk (laughs) but my mom my mom stayed thinking that everybody was smoking and drinking. I'm like, Mom, I don't know. I don't do that. She do they don't matter if you do that. If they do, then da, da, da. And I'm like, oh my God, Mom, stop it. But now I get it. Now I get it. Other people's mf and kids are the devil. <laughs> and you have to protect your kids from the devil. They are the devil, man. Um. So, yeah, that's... Oh, I needed to, I, I had to, you know, that's been building up in me for a long time, this conversation, and I'm glad I got that out. I'm going to try to leave it here in the table, nice and neat, in a little box, tuck it away until we have to talk about it again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is your boy, Five Mics, episode 38. Tenta right? Oh, my Spanish is back. Um, episode 38, The Idea of Manhood, Rate, Review, Comment, Spirit of yeah. the Word and yo don't be out there trusting other people's mf and kids peace